Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. If you will remember, last week we realized that we had bit off way more than we could chew, and we recorded a super long podcast, so we tried to break it up into two. And so last week we answered a few questions, this week we're answering a couple more, and so we are going to join the conversation that is already in progress. So here we go. So um, anyway... Uh, so that's good. Good answer to that question. All right, here's another one, and this kind of touches on what we just talked about. Why do we call them ordinances instead of sacraments? So in the Baptist church, we have two ordinances. We have the ordinance of baptism and the ordinance of the Lord's Supper or communion, okay? Uh, and in other religious traditions, uh, maybe particularly the Catholic, there are sacraments, and there are seven of those sacraments. They include uh, Eucharist, and uh, you know, which is you know, kind of like communion, and they inc- include uh, baptism, but they also include marriage and last rites and a bunch of other things, right? Mm-hmm. Confession, right? So there's seven of them. Um, so this is a, a person who wants to understand the difference between those two things, okay? Um, and it's this is basically a, uh, in some ways, it's a it's a religious and uh, a, a practical question, but in other ways, it's kind of a deeply theological question. And and so, um, so let me say this: uh, a sacrament, at its basic level, is understood to be a means of grace. Mm-hmm. So the reason why sacrament—it's a word that in the Latin it means uh, holy mystery. Okay, and so a sacrament, when you uh, it, if you're in a religious tradition where they where they receive sacraments. They understand that those that receiving those sacraments somehow imparts the grace of God to them in this really mysterious way. Okay, um, by participating in the in the religious rite, you're literally receiving the grace of God. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so that's what it, that's what a sacrament means. Okay, oh, now over the course of time. You know, many people came to believe in practice, at least, that receiving sacraments was necessary for salvation. So if these are means of grace and you're not receiving these means of grace, then you can't be a Christian, right? So that's kind of how it worked itself out practically in, in practice in, in some places. And, uh, and so in the Protestant revolution, you know, when, uh, whenever, whenever we were breaking kind of away from the Catholic practice, there were streams of Protestantism that were like, look, you know, you, the grace is given by God and there's not anything that we have to do. There's no right that we have to perform. Nothing magically imparts the grace of God to us, right? It's a gift that he offers us freely and we just have to receive it. An ordinance is something that uh, those of us who, who like Baptists who, who, uh, who believe ordinances, ordinances are, uh, that's something that Jesus commanded us to do, Right. Mm-hmm. Baptism. He he was baptized. Okay, and uh, and and the Lord's Supper. Do this in remembrance of me. Right. Those are two things that actually paint a picture of God's grace, and and we do them because they're symbolic of what the Lord of what Jesus did for us and what He continues to do for us. So, so that's the difference between an ordinance. A, a, a sacrament is a means of grace. An ordinance is a picture of grace. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that. If we say that, for example, 
communion is a symbol, right? Um, that that doesn't diminish at all the life transforming power of a symbol. We don't. I tell people this all the time. Symbols are really powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you, you can tell if just stand next to a World War II veteran when someone's running a, a the American flag up the flagpole and you know and playing the national anthem. Like, do you stand next to a guy? Mm-hmm. you know, who, who has bled and died for the freedom that that flag represents, right? It's a symbol. That's all it is, a symbol. But it is a powerful symbol. Evokes mm-hmm. emotion, like really. Uh, and and by the same token, if your next door neighbor, you know, if they if a new neighbor moved into the house next door to you and the first thing that they did was hang a big old Nazi flag out in front of their house, right? That would evoke a lot of emotion, mm-hmm. right? That would be powerful mm-hmm. for you, right? So symbols are not little things. They're big things. Symbols actually have the power to change, to transform mm-hmm. us, to speak to us. So, uh, and anybody who's viewed great art or, uh, you know, knows that, right? Yeah, so sure. uh, so when we say that an ordinance is a symbol or a picture of grace, that doesn't diminish its importance at all. Right. And it doesn't diminish its ability to, um, to transform us and to speak to us at all we just don't believe that um we don't believe that the lord's supper or baptism are necessary in order for a person to be saved you don't receive the grace of god through them right you know i, I think the evidence of that is uh, and i i refer to this pretty often but the thief on the cross yeah right yeah. Uh, if if those are the two things that are are required then how did he get in? Yeah. How, <laughs> how would Jesus say, uh, today you're going to be with me yeah. uh, in the kingdom, in, yeah. in paradise? And, and so I, I think you have, to, you have to look at it from, from the lens of Scripture again. Mm-hmm. Now, not to diminish them at all. Uh, these, are two, these are the things that I think set apart the church from, mm-hmm. let's say, a country club. Right. I, I mean, there, there, there isn't uh, a country club that, that would take the Lord's Supper or, or baptize. Yeah. That would be a church, right? right. Uh, the church is, is meant to be something that is set apart. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the two things that, like you said, Jesus said, do these things. These are the things that 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 I have modeled for you, and mm-hmm. I have come, and, like in the Lord's Supper, do this in remembrance of me. Mm-hmm. Why are we baptized? Well, we see it all throughout Scripture. Uh, they repented and were baptized. Yeah, they they weren't baptized and then repented. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a, a a key thing that we have to pay right. attention to in Scripture. Yeah. So uh, they're important. Uh, they are necessary. As part of, uh, I think, any biblical church, mm-hmm. but not for salvation. Well, and yeah, I would say so. this: there is a sense in which, the, like those two things, are actually the reason we gather as the church. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like the reason we gather as the church, or at least one of the main reasons we gather as the church, is to reflect on the grace of God. And the, one of the main ways we do that is. The Lord's Supper, you know, communion and baptism, like like those mm-hmm. two things. Uh, so so they they matter a lot to the heartbeat of the church. But you're right; they're not means of grace mm-hmm. in, in any way. That's what we believe, you know. Uh, so there are other you know denominations, other Catholic denominations, even Protestant denominations that that are sacramental, and mm-hmm. and they're they're um, and I think they would want to push back probably on us saying that they believe that if you don't receive these sacraments and you haven't received God's grace. That sometimes it works itself out that way in practice, but I don't think that that would be the teaching of 
those churches right. necessarily. Yeah. So, but um, but having said all of that, there's a clear difference in what we believe those things accomplish in our lives. So mm-hmm. go ahead, Anna. You were going to say something. Too. Well, you know, I think about. I, I guess I kind of in my brain it falls into two categories: the things that. I do to save life, you know, for my eternal life, the the um, mm. salvation, and things that are more a process of how I live my life yeah. while I'm here on earth. Um, and when I, I think sometimes we overcomplicate mm-hmm. what Christ wanted us to do, and we add to it, you know, just like the Pharisees, you know, mm-hmm. kind of adding mm-hmm. right. a lot of other things to the law and making it a lot harder. And um, I guess because of my simple mind, I try to keep it simple. You know, what yeah. does it take for salvation? And then how does he want me to, to live my life? And um, not add a whole lot more to that, right. you know? Yeah. So he was pretty clear on what it takes to be saved. Yeah. Um, and he's pretty clear on, you know, love God, love others. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I want you to be focused on with how you live your life. Yeah. And uh, my commands are aligned to those two categories of things. So um, I guess kind of where I land on it is, is trying to avoid some of the semantic sides of things and the things that maybe we add to it that complicate mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. it takes to be saved. Um, and just go back to what scripture says you know, and stick to that. And I would say, you know, we talked about die for debate discussed before. So uh, I would think that, you know, that that a lot of this is in the debate area, except for this one thing, right? Salvation is by grace through faith. Mm -hmm. There's not anything we do to earn it. And, uh, and when sacramental teaching moves into, I think, or is distorted into some of my Catholic friends might want to say, if it's distorted into this thing, where y- y- this is how you're saved by practicing these things, right. then then that would be that would get into the die for circle, right? Because mm-hmm. for us, you know, uh, we uh, it's all the work of God, you know, right. and we just receive it from His hand. That's mm-hmm. you know, and, and and so that's really important for for us us to remember. Um, okay, so now that we're talking about you know die for debate discuss you know the, here this last question one of the problems that we as evangelicals have okay is that we want to put everything in the die for circle okay yeah, <laughs> every true. every issue becomes somehow this litmus test for orthodoxy and um and i think sometimes that's dangerous and not helpful okay uh this last question we uh, I, I really went back and forth on whether we were going to talk about it because the the fact of the matter is there's a lot of disagreement about this and also, if I'm being really honest with you, there's a lot of disagreement about it. And and both, uh, if there are sides, I don't know that there you can polar that you can make it as easy as two sides. Okay, but 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 both of the sides in this particular discussion b- both can point to scripture to back up their position. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it just kind of comes down to how you interpret scripture. So. There are going to be people listen to this podcast, and there are going to be people who go to our church who have varying opinions on this topic. Right. Okay, and their opinions on the topic are not ones that they arrived at themselves. Their opinions on the topic are ones that they arrived at by studying scripture. So mm-hmm. let's just throw that out there yeah. right at the front. Okay, uh, uh, and then we're going to get into it. But please. We, Please don't send me a bunch of emails, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, but we're going to do our best to talk through this and uh, and do it in 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 a way that understands the nuance of that that actually exists in the text of scripture on this topic. Okay, mm-hmm. how about that? Uh, here's the question. <laughs> so we are finally, <laughs> drum roll, please. Yeah, yeah. Here's the question: Can women 
be pastors or elders or deacons in the church? Okay? That's the question. All right? Let me, let me start off by reading the, the, the passage of Scripture that most people, when they say that they don't believe that women should be allowed to be pastors or elders, okay, in a church, um, this is the scripture that they point to. Now, also, let me say something really quick about pastors and elders, okay? Uh, there's a whole lot of disagreement on what those two terms even mean in the Bible, okay? <laughs> and how it's supposed to look in churches today. There's a lot of disagreement about that. So that's not even a cut and dry issue, mm-hmm. all right? But um, but but leaders in the church, right? Uh, can't, uh, this is when people say they don't believe women can be pastors or elders, this is the passage that they refer to, okay? It's in 1 Timothy chapter 2, and here's what it says. It, now, Paul has just finished talking about uh, a, a bunch of things that he wants for the people in the church to be doing to live peacefully and quietly and faithful lives, you know, uh, it, it, for Christ, okay? And uh, there's even some instruction right above this for you know, uh, he doesn't want women to wear fancy, you know, a lot of gold jewelry, fancy clothing, right? All this other stuff, right? He's, he we wants them to be careful about that. And then he gets here, verse 11. Women should learn quietly and submissively. I do not let women teach men or have authority over them. Let them listen quietly for God made Adam first. Afterward, he made Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived by Satan. The woman was deceived and sin was the result. Okay. So that's the passage that is used to talk about this. When people, that, that's the main one. There's another one in 1 Corinthians very similar to this, okay? But this is the main one that people use when they say, well, clearly God doesn't want us to do this, mm-hmm. all right? And let me just say that when you read the text of this, like we just did, right, you can understand why a person might come to that conclusion, mm-hmm. okay? So um, can we just talk about that for a little bit? Can we just? <laughs> <laughs> if my mother's listening, she's probably gasping, wondering. Yeah, she's like, don't I'm, let her say, say Don't let her talk about it. Don't let her talk about it. So I do have to say just right off the bat. I mean, I'm. You, you are a woman. Okay? I am. So uh, this, this, <laughs> this, is this, like, you're the only person in this room that this passage of scripture, like, directly, yeah. you know, so you should respond to this before Michael or I, because, because it really has to do with you more than, more in a way that it doesn't have to do with that. So yeah. go ahead and go ahead and say, well, what. and I do have to put a few disclaimers. You know, one of my things is, um, I want to get Anna out of the way of this question because yeah, right. I'm independent. I'm strong headed. Sure. Um, I'm pretty comfortable taking control of situations mm-hmm. so no. i don't want to sp- i know <laughs> right i know it's a shock to everybody no i've yeah, never I, seen that yeah rod would yeah. say she i can't believe that about her <laughs> you know um so let me say first and foremost I, i'm gonna try really hard to get anna out of the way and i don't want my voice or my okay. opinions yeah. or my personality to to um dictate that I will also say that I do believe the gifts I've been given are God-given. Yes. And he has equipped me as a teacher. He's Uh equipped me as an administrator. Yep. I didn't go out and seek those gifts. Mm -hmm. I have known since I was five, actually three, that I had some of those gifts. And he has developed those in my life. And my primary focus, no matter what, is to operate within the gifts he has given me. Mm-hmm. So having kind of said all of that, uh, one of the things I would say about that passage is that it talks about the woman having authority over okay. yes. the men. And yes. so I, I kind of want to dig on that one for just a little bit okay. because authority it. means that the woman in this leadership role 
if you look at the definition of authority, it's the power or right to give orders, okay. to make decisions, to enforce obedience. Okay. And if I'm operating in a leadership role in the church, I'm not trying to accomplish any of those things. I'm right. not trying to enforce. I'm not trying to solely make the decisions. I'm not trying to give orders to anybody. Mm-hmm. So if Paul and I were, were bantering, and if someday I probably will get to do that with yeah, him, you I will. really can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Because um, there's some things with Paul that I'm like, dude, seriously. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, he's yeah. also smarter than I am. But yeah. um, I, I would just argue, you know, when, when we're talking about women in a position, and are we talking about that kind of authority? Right. Um, because I, if, if, I, if I were trying to operate in that lens, I, th- I think that that would be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that there are some common things, you know, looking at other places in Scripture that that were commands that were given that it doesn't matter. You know, Galatians says, talks about how we're all one in Christ, not yeah. Greek, not Jew, not male, male not or female. female. Right. You know, and so I think that there are some common things that as believers we're all called to do. You know, Great Commission, we're all called to go you therefore into mm-hmm. all nations. Um, we are told to identify what your spiritual gifts are and live mm-hmm. within those gifts. Um, I know what mine are, mm-hmm. and they do tend towards some level of, of leadership, right. which is different than authority. Yes. Um, I see examples in the Bible where um, God did use women, uh, mm-hmm. even to teach Paul, you know, right. and, and to guide them in, in better understanding of, of who Christ was. Um, I see examples where women labored right alongside Paul. Sure. I look at the current church, and even if you look in our own data, I, th- I think our primary focus as a church is to point people to Christ. Absolutely. Right? That, yeah. that is what we are solely supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. And so the question becomes, who is equipped and who is willing to yes. help in that work? Um, and I believe God does equip women with some gifts to teach and to help lead. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, this one may be a little bit of a stinger, so I'm just going <laughs> to go ahead and put it out there. Yeah, put it out there, girl. Who's stepping up and leading in the church? Right. Um, and if you look at data right now, mm-hmm. you even look at our own church data. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of females who are stepping up and Leading on serve teams, leading sure in ministries of, of teaching, leading on our leadership team, which yeah. is slightly different than well, depending on how you define elder, right? Um, but I I think that I could put out a call to men if if you're not happy with it, yeah, we're we're ha- we are happy yeah. to you know put you in some of these positions yeah, where you can serve yeah. the church, yeah. My my kind of motto, and it's you know again since I was three. I'm kind of about lead, follow, or get out of the way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, if you want to lead, that's, not that's the Bible great. Anyway, but, no, it's but not it biblical. Is, that, yeah. Okay, that was the Anna get, taking over the microphone. <laughs> Sit back down, Anna. Um, but, you know, if I think that um, ultimately let's focus on getting the work done. Yeah, right. And um, who's equipped to do it and mm-hmm. who's willing. You know, mm-hmm. there's um, – the harvest is there, but there's no workers. And yeah, so right. if it takes a woman to step up and do. Now, I will also say for the men that are having a heart attack right now, I mean, mm-hmm. I am traditional. Sure. And, yes, you are. Yeah. Um, I want, you know, I gravitate towards a, a male pastor, not because, and to my females, they're like, oh, you just betrayed us. Well, it doesn't mean that we're not equipped, you know, or right. that we 
don't have wisdom and discernment and all of those things. So um, I have a traditional backbone with a little bit of feminist, maybe, sideline in me. And I just try to sort out what is God asking me to do and, and do that. Yeah, yeah. And I think all three of us would say, too, that like our... Our goal in our lives is to allow scripture to shape us. Yeah. Like, and our action and everything else, we're not trying to superimpose our beliefs or thoughts on scripture. We're trying to, all three of us, we're trying to allow scripture to lead us and guide us. So when we come to scripture, like, that's our guide. But our, so the only thing that we're trying to do is we're really trying to understand scripture so that we can know how to operate or guide within, Mm -hmm. within, uh, Within what the guidelines of scripture are, yeah. yeah. So n- none of us, and there are there are people who would want to take you know their own thoughts, their own beliefs, and try to superimpose those on scripture. That's not who we are. Yeah, no. And it's not who our church is. Frankly, it's not the yeah. way our church op- would operate. So I would say that too. Well, and on every single one of these questions that we've talked about, I would have to say this is not my final answer. Yeah, right. You know, because I'm constantly trying to yes evolve and understand better. Right. So you know, if we did this interview. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. I might have learned something new along the way that makes me think, oh, yeah, maybe I should rephrase that. Yeah, or maybe yeah. I wasn't correct on that yeah. um, because I don't know. What I do know uh-huh. is that as a woman, yeah. I am called to point to Christ. Absolutely. And I want to be in whatever seat allows me to do that. I don't want to step over a man right. to to do that. Um I, I think that men are strong, powerful leaders. I think that they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be the spiritual leaders, mm-hmm. sure. um, whether it's in the home or it's in the church. Um, they're supposed to be leading the way towards us. And, you know, we could go into the whole submissive conversation, which makes a lot of people really uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's biblical, you know. Yeah. And as long as the men are aligned to leading in the direction that God is leading, and we as females are aligned to that, then we're going to be moving in the same direction. And so um, I, I think we have to remove the equation of, or the attitude that maybe, well, you know, maybe that they're saying that we're not equipped to be able to do that. Right, and right. That's just wrong. I'm strong. I'm fierce. You know, yeah. I can be strong and fierce, and you know, still not. I, I don't know how to put it into words. Still, um, I'm not sacrificing my ability and my skill set by allowing a man to lead. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. That well, was kind of a muddy and, answer right there. I, and I want to just say this, too, because <laughs> this is another one of those things, like what you just said about uh, allowing a man to lead, right? So, th- we're filtering that those words through all kinds of different contexts. Yeah. There's a problem. There's a problem. We have a problem because we don't have a biblical understanding of the word lead. Mm. First of all, that's a word that's frankly not used anywhere. Yeah. Jesus never says leader, leadership, lead. He never references that at all. The only example Jesus gives us of leadership or the primary one is one we just talked about where he washed all the defeat of the mm-hmm. disciples. That's the model he wants for them to follow. When he's talking to them about who he wants for them to be to one another, he's washing their feet. Yeah, that's good. So, so if if we want to say, right, if we want to say that, that this is, you know, if we want to say that there's here are the people that can lead, we need to be clear about what we mean by that. Yeah. If uh, leaders are the ones who are washing everybody's feet, not the ones who are 
horse whipping everybody in a certain direction. That's wow. not what leadership is in wow. scripture. It may be in the corporate world, and it certainly was in the kings and kingdoms that ruled during Jesus' day, but it's not the way his people were told to operate. Mm-hmm. So leadership looks a whole lot different in, in terms of Christ. So yeah. anyway, okay, Michael, yeah. thoughts? Talk, talk to me. I love a lot of what you said, Anna, just pointing to the fact that, you know, a lot of the time we we get our our own feelings mm-hmm. kind of mixed up in, mm-hmm. in a lot of this. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, uh, if no one's going to step up, and this is in Scripture too, the women did and mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. And, and I appreciate that because uh, if— if I didn't have some women stepping up in the student ministry, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to operate the way that we are right now. We wouldn't have the growth that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, like you said, it, it's amazing to see because God gives a gift. God mm-hmm. is the giver of the gift, and he calls people to serve in ways that he has called them to. Uh, you have been equipped in ways that, that, that some and probably a lot of men aren't. Right, uh, and and I think that's something to rejoice in because we're all different, yeah. and and God is the giver of ability. Uh, but this topic it, it causes so much division. It causes so yeah. much uh, strife within the church. When really, what if we just kind of step back and said, are are we seeking after God or are we seeking after like position? Yeah, uh, like right. as a man, am I trying to? to seek a position or am I trying to seek to serve? Yeah. Uh, and as a woman, am I doing it for the right place or am exactly. I saying don't tread on me? Because yeah. I think our perspective a lot, plays a lot into this. Uh, mm-hmm. And and really, if we would say, God, give me your eyes to see what you say, mm-hmm. because I, I don't think there there really is a any issue, especially in the Bible, because in, in Romans chapter 1, uh, I think it's Phoebe. She's referred to mm-hmm. as a a deacon. Yeah, sixteen, chapter sixteen. Uh, yeah, we we'll talk about it just a little bit. Yeah. So I, I I see that, and and I I think how do you get around that? And I know there's interpretation. I know there's mm-hmm. a, a, a lot that goes into this, but I think the key thing that that we all have to remember is God is the one that is in control, and he he appoints people to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. He he is going to take care of that. And, and a lot of the time, we need to let our perspective take a back seat. We need to let our feelings yeah. take a back seat and say, what is the Bible saying? Am I following that as best? Because the truth is, we are trying to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. That is our goal. That is what we are here for. If, if I am letting myself or my opinions get in the way, uh, either way, uh, then, then something's wrong. Because the Bible's saying something, and I may be saying something, and we're not both right. Yeah. We know which one is, right? right? Yeah. We, we know the Bible, it's right. our guide. But on areas like this where we're like, oh, there's a lot of scripture that, that could go either way, either like way. you referenced yeah. First Timothy, uh, I think we need to maybe step back and say, God, give us wisdom. Mm-hmm. Give us the wisdom to know what to do. And and I, I, I hesitate to say this, but take it on a case-by-case basis because, right. uh, you know— I, I'm with Anna. I'm I'm more traditional. I'm I'm fairly, um, not fairly. I am conservative. Yeah. In, oh yeah. In a lot of my belief, if you mm-hmm. know me, you know that that's that's just who I am. Um, and so, I, I'll give a non-answer to this, <laughs> which is what I'm doing. I'm I'm kind of right. tiptoeing around. <laughs> uh, but I, I would say 
I lean towards, you know, the way that that I believe God set up the family is that a a man is to lead by service, Mm -hmm. like you said, Brad. And and in a lot of the same way, the church is set up in that way. Mm -hmm. But but what do you do when when no one steps up? Mm -hmm. Because we're in a broken world. We're we're sitting in the midst of of something that that we look at and we say, you know what, that this is not what God intended. Right. And so are are the rules changing? Mm-hmm. I would say no, mm-hmm. but maybe our perspective is. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're saying, okay, God, you you are infinite in all wisdom right. and and knowledge and your plan is your plan and we just want to follow it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think when we come with that attitude, whether whether we're we're seeking to to fill a position or or whatever, I think when we say that yeah. And our heart is right. God is going to lead us. And we've got to get out of the way. We've got to say, God, you be our teacher. You be our guide. If if this is a way and it's written, show us. Yeah. Like, please. Because and I say that often in my prayers. I'm hard-headed. I'm stubborn. Yeah, God, yeah. I'm not going to make a move until you show me. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to be... I, I hate being wrong. <laughs> Imagine that. You know, so uh, when, when I don't know... I sit back and I say, you've got to feed me. You've got to tell me the answer to this question. And this is one of them because I I don't have an answer. I I have preference. I I have opinion. Um, I struggle with these passages just like everyone else. But ultimately, I'm going to lean on his leadership and say, God, you know what's best. I trust you. Uh, As for me, I'm going to step up. I'm going to lead. I'm going to do what I can. And I'm not going to put anyone down. Uh, because right. y- anyway, I, yeah. I could probably yeah. go on. Forever. No, I hear what you're saying, and I've, so there's a lot that both of you guys said that that man is so good. So I'm, I'm a, I want to talk a little bit about you know kind of so, some of the things that you that you both said <laughs> that I thought was really really powerful, really uh, and really important to remember. I think you know a lot of people who, who come to this passage when they understand the passage as really referring to the pastor or the head right. shepherd okay right. and and you can make a, a case for that from the greek right so right. uh so so in most churches what 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 a lot of folks believe is that really the only office that's being restricted yeah, is, the, is the is the mm-hmm. head pastor okay right. so a lot of folks that's kind of where they land um and, and i agree with that yeah i do too yeah yeah so i think uh there's a couple there's a couple of, of things, though, that I want to throw out right now just for people to think about, okay? And this relates back to what we talked about at the very beginning mm-hmm. when we're talking about interpretation mm-hmm. of Scripture, okay? Uh, because we've got to remember who is writing this, why are they writing it, okay? It's Paul who's writing it to Timothy, who he called his son, okay? Mm-hmm. Timothy's pastoring the church in Ephesus, for lack of a better word. It didn't really look a lot like what what my role as pastor is, you know, it was a lot different, but Timothy's pastoring the church in Ephesus. Paul's given him some instruction on how to pastor that church. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, some things that we need to remember one thing and in second Timothy, you're going to, Paul starts to mention a couple of guys who were really causing a stir in the right. church. They were, they were, there was all of this, uh, uh, really it's, it's heresy that they were, that they were pouring into the church and they were leading people astray. Paul's even like, well, just abandoned them to Satan because they were off the rails. Okay. But one of the things that they were doing were they were victimizing the women in the church. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were, uh, particularly some of the, some of the, the, the wealthier women, they were kind of winning them over to their side so they could take their money. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Paul's very concerned about that in Second Timothy, and that was all starting 
to happen whenever Paul was writing this letter too. So he's concerned about the women in the church mm-hmm. who were being, um, who they they were, <clears throat> they were being told to, you know, to uh, to kind of follow whatever their desires were, and and they were using these guys were using that to to steal from them, mm-hmm. to take from them, mm-hmm. right, and and to corrupt them. And so Paul has definitely got that in his mind. Uh, <clears throat> the other is that culture in the ancient Near East. Which is where you know this is kind of like uh, you know Ephesus, um, the the culture in that area at that time was uh, you know I mean there were there were women stepping into some roles in society in that ancient society was actually viewed as immoral like mm-hmm. the culture around this church would have viewed would have viewed women in some positions of authority as not just like. Uh, distasteful okay it would have been immoral in their minds okay and so that's something to remember about the culture that paul is writing to okay the last thing i would say is that is ephesus okay the ephesus was one of the most famous cities in the world at that time because the 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 temple of artemis was located in ephesus okay and it was this uh, artemis was a greek goddess uh, but this the temple was kind of this amalgamation of the greek goddess artemis and all these ancient uh, fertility goddesses all kind of rolled into one people came from all over the known world at that time to worship artemis at the temple of artemis the the worship without getting way into this some of that practice of worship, it, it, um, it involved all kinds of things. There were priestesses that led out in the worship. There were, there were uh, prostitution, temple prostitution was a part of it. Um, and so, so because it was the female goddess, right, women played prominent roles in the practice of worshiping Artemis. Okay. In Thanks Ephesus. for tuning in to First Things First. And so we want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Where our Sunday morning service starts at 10 30 like Click the, on the link in the description the, the, of this episode for more are, information about our church. Or if you'd just like to reach out to worship, check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around. He's laser focused on the gospel. We have to keep our eyes on the gospel, and you don't do anything that would distract from that. So if people walk by the place where you're meeting and they hear a bunch of women's voices leading out, maybe they might think that that's the temple of Artemis, and they might be deceived about what's going on here, you know? And so some of that is cultural stuff that Paul that Paul is addressing. And if you look at all of chapter two, that's what he's doing. So I just want to just encourage you to consider some of those things. That's definitely part of the context of this passage of scripture. And, uh, and so definitely consider that whenever you're, whenever you're reading it, uh, Paul, he even says, I do not let, he doesn't say, he doesn't say God does not allow. Right. He doesn't say this is what we all do everywhere all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that his practice is to not let women do this, okay, and in this context. Now, look. I, well, and can I just throw in on that, too, that another, I wonder about an underlying reason for that being the level of education that women had exactly, opportunity yeah. to at that right. time. And so, you know, they weren't being taught. They weren't. Mm-hmm. So um, I think God does want Equipped people who have exactly. the knowledge, mm-hmm. people to who point. are equipped, to yeah. Serve. And yeah. so that that was a different um, experience that was going yeah. on as well. So you can't take this passage of scripture like we so often do and pull it by itself out of the context in which is written and out of all of these historical contexts and, and really understand what's going on there. Yeah. 
Um, so I would just encourage anybody who's reading this passage of scripture to think about all these things that we've talked about. Not telling you where to land, but I am telling you to think yeah, about it. Okay. Sure. So now I want to talk about, okay, according to scripture, okay, like what are some things that women did So in you, the New Testament? Yeah. I'm, like here's, here's one, a woman, if you're a woman, <clears throat> there's evidence in scripture that you can proclaim the good news of the resurrection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? The first person that Jesus appeared to, the first person to proclaim the good news of the resurrection of Jesus was Mary. She was a woman. Mm-hmm. So, so clearly that's something that you can do. Uh, another thing you can do is expound upon and interpret scripture. Why? Because in Romans chapter 16, Paul commends Phoebe to them. He does that because Phoebe's the one who delivered the letter to the church in Rome. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in the ancient world, we don't understand this. Most people couldn't read. So when you sent a letter to a group of people, you sent it with someone, their job was to read the letter to everybody and then answer questions about it and tell them, here's what he meant when he wrote this. Here's mm-hmm. what he, so, so you were to read it to everybody and then kind of help interpret it for everybody. So Phoebe did that with the book of Romans, which is the most theologically dense book in all of the New Testament, okay? Phoebe was the first person to read that to people and to help explain it to people, mm-hmm. okay? So clearly, clearly there's evidence in scripture of a woman doing that. Phoebe, we've already mentioned, was, uh, her title was deacon, Right? So I know that some people use some passages in, um, in either First or Second Timothy. I can't remember to say that that women can't be deacons, and I understand that, and I'm down. I, I mean, I I know that people are using Scripture to do that, so I'm not trying to argue. But but you do have to do something with this passage where Phoebe is a deacon, mm-hmm. right? So we you yeah. got to figure that out. So clearly, here's the Bible. You know, there's there's uh, you can make either case right from Scripture. Okay, um, if you read down through uh, Romans chapter 16. About uh, almost half the people Paul mentions in Romans chapter 16 yeah. are women. Yeah. Like almost half of the people that he's like, hey, commend this person, say, welcome this person, say hello to this person for me, right? Almost half of them are women. So clearly women were an important part of the work of the church in Rome. There's other things that we could talk about. We go on and on. Uh, uh, do you get, what examples, do you, do you guys have any examples to add to that or thoughts about that list? Well, Titus talks about teaching what is good, you yeah. know, that women were supposed to mm-hmm. train up others. Mm-hmm. And specifically referring to women in that, right. that we should train them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Priscilla. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Priscilla, Priscilla helped. and Aquila, Aquila. okay. Uh, so they were, they, uh, were converts of part of the church in Rome. Paul, mm-hmm. uh, actually in Rome, they're two of the people he, he chooses to greet. The very first, um, the very first uh, church that we think maybe Spain, uh, Priscilla and Aquila may have actually started that church, led that church. Uh, Lydia, uh, who w- was a convert, uh, she was from Thyatira. Thyatira. Uh, Paul meets her in Philippi, and uh, and she becomes a Christian. She was a dye maker, you know, like a, right. a cloth uh, maker, <clears throat> and she's one. Of, she's the actually she's the first European convert because she was converted in Macedonia. She's the first person in Europe to become a Christian. But later on in Revelations, guess what happens? In Revelation uh, chapter 2, right, The uh, there's a church that's mentioned in Thyatira. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lydia may have not have been instrumental in starting that church, but that was her hometown. Mm-hmm. And she was the first person to come to Christ mm-hmm. in all of Europe. Not a stretch to imagine that she went back to her hometown and helped to plant a church there. Yeah. Right? So... Um, so clearly women were really engaged in the gospel. Mary sits at the feet of Jesus, which was, which was scandalous. Women weren't to be educated by a rabbi, which mm-hmm. is what Jesus was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Jesus' teaching 
is uh, is teaching Mary, and Martha's like, hey, she should be in the kitchen with me, right? Isn't that her role? Jesus is like, don't take this from her. She understands what matters, and she's going to sit here and receive this, right? So, um, so Jesus is, you know, acting in those ways. So clearly we see in Scripture um, women in pivotal roles, women doing things that the rest of the culture at that time would not have allowed them to do. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people want to talk about Scripture as patriarchal or, uh, or even misogynistic, you know? Um, but boy, you can't, if you're a historian, you cannot arrive at that conclusion. Not if you honestly read Scripture. You mm-hmm. cannot arrive at that. So the, the gospel and the New Testament is actually like almost radically liberating to women in its time. And uh, so, so that's, we have to like say that, like yeah. just r- right at its face. Yeah. So, and maybe it's better to focus on that stuff than it is to try to, to figure out, you know, who gets to be the pastor and who doesn't, you know yeah. what I mean? I well, don't know. And part of me wonders, and I think this is so talking, uh, speaking of culture, I mean, cultural right now is that sometimes I feel like we're looking for things to argue about, <laughs> you know, um, and this is one of those things that can right. be a divisive conversation mm-hmm. that distracts us from the real, from the real purpose. So I always have to remind myself, you know, I don't ever want to be in a position where I become a stumbling block to somebody else. Right. And so if I'm putting myself in a position that's causing somebody else to, to stumble, then I've got to check mm-hmm. that and check where that is in alignment with what God is wanting. Um, I also have to be careful not to fall into you know, the arguments for argument's sake yeah, right. uh, and let it become something divisive. Um, the main thing I think is that individually we all have to listen to what is God calling you to do? Mm-hmm. What yeah. is he equipped mm-hmm. you to do? Do it well. Yep. And I um, think, that, and, yeah, and I think this topic, can we just safely put this in like the discuss oh, yeah. area? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think, I think so. that you can make a case for a lot of different, you know, views. It's mm-hmm. at least... <clears throat> it's at least on in the debate area and, and maybe on the border between debate and discuss and maybe even into the discuss, depending on how you look at it, right? Yeah. But there's clearly, people can make a really good argument from Scripture for 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 women having or not having lots of different mm-hmm. roles within the church. And so uh, so I think, I think that's fair to say. And I like what you said too, Michael, because you said, and I think this is true. So then the question becomes, well, you know, what do we as a church think about that or what do we believe about that? And I'm not talking about First Shallow, I'm talking any any church, right? Yeah. What I think is it's incumbent upon a body of believers to get together and to and to go to the Holy Spirit for leadership on issues like this, right? And and for, for them to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to the body. Yeah. You know? So like I'm not ever gonna come into any church and say, here's what I think we ought to do about stuff like this. Because that there's an arrogance that comes from me assuming that I know better than everybody else and mm-hmm. that my opinion is the one we all ought to follow. Mm-hmm. I understand that there's a lot of different ways to, that, that there's a there's a th- that scripture uh, says a lot of different things on this, right? There's a lot of different ways you can come down on it. So, so for in topics like this, like the important thing is for us to get together as a body and let's figure it out together. Yeah. And then with the conclusion that we come to may not be one that everybody agrees with, but it is one that the Holy Spirit has led us to in unity. Yeah. And that's really important. And that kind of goes back to, you know, that original <clears throat> conversation about um, authority and yeah. having authority, you know, um, God, Jesus 
the Holy Spirit, that that's who has authority yes. over mm. us. Um, yeah. And any of us that are putting ourselves in a position to give orders, make decisions, enforce obedience, right? then we're getting outside the zone of what we're really supposed to be focused on mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so, you know, you, you have said several times lately, and I really love it, um, that you're done with being the Holy Spirit yeah. in people's <laughs> lives, you know, that each person has to be convicted individually. Um, and I think that when we all gravitate, gravitate towards that um, mm-hmm. approach to the world, that it's going to get, yeah. the, it, it's going to make things better. Yeah. Um, so looking and, and seeing what is our motivation, um, I think we should keep that in check, making sure we're not a stumbling block. We mm-hmm. should keep that in check. Mm-hmm. Looking to see if we're arguing about things that Jesus would be like, why are y'all even right? Spending, why is this that why big are y'all of a deal? talking about this? I mean, <laughs> did you... Have you not seen, you know, how I interacted? Right. Um, you know, I think that it's really important for us not to get into things that we're having conversations about really just as a point to get yeah. kind of argue. Right. About. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And and boy, man, I'm telling you, we we are good at arguing. So oh, yeah. we love to argue. And that's that is also true all the way back throughout church history. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. We, 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 Male we, or female. <laughs> that's right. We, I love to argue. So um, I would, I, I, let me end this question by saying this too. So um, uh, whatever my opinion is too about what scripture says about this topic, and, and I want to remind everybody that for all three of us, that's what we're trying to do, right? We're, we want to understand what scripture actually says. And to the best of our ability, we want to follow what Scripture says about everything in our lives. This is just one of those. Mm-hmm. But however I might, whatever, however I might feel about what Scripture says about this topic, right? Here's what I know: I've actually met some women, godly women, who are serving as pastors, and I love them. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and so I want to say that. Okay, uh, I have been influenced heavily, taught. Heavily, my my faith, my doctrine, my, everything about me ha, has been shaped and formed by women in my life, and that's just fact. Like that's just true. I think it's probably true okay. for most of us. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, so I, I want to just make sure that I say that and wrap all this up by saying that, like you know, we, uh, you know, you, anybody that you talk to. Uh, you know, who, wh- whatever your whatever your thoughts are about this particular passage of scripture, about what scripture says about this topic, right? Whatever your thoughts are, we also have to acknowledge that God uses women in our lives in really powerful ways to shape us, transform us, and to move us toward holiness. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so I just I, mean, I want to make sure we acknowledge all of that together too, right? That's yeah. that's really important. Uh, and I and if you're uh, any women who are listening to the podcast, there are a lot <laughs> listening to the podcast. <laughs> Uh, I, I hope that as a result of this discussion that you actually feel empowered, you know, um, because there's so much that there's so much that God desires to do in you for, for the purposes of the kingdom. Um, and and, and uh, any any even casual reading of scripture is going to lead you to that conclusion. <laughs> so uh, so uh, so I, I hope you I hope you feel that that's how that's how women in the first century felt when they heard Jesus. Yeah. They felt they felt included and empowered and and that's how women in the first century felt in the church and so and so we always want to be a place that does that too you know no matter what other things there are we want to make sure we're a place that does that too well and regardless of our gender how has god gifted you yeah how can you use those tools right this minute where he has placed you 
super and if basic. we just if, yeah. I, I like basic yeah you know and if we if we're doing those things then honestly the rest is going to take place because he has never called me to be a pastor no doubt yeah. you know um right. but i know exactly what he's calling me to do right, right now mm-hmm. and man i feel so much better when i'm operating within mm-hmm. that um so don't get caught up in the future the what ifs the could be's and what if this were to ever happen here where are you today what has god gifted you with use it yeah wash somebody's feet today right figuratively yes you know and um just seek scripture Mm -hmm. you know go back and ask what he's telling you and remember just to think about it's all about his character yeah and our character becoming more like his absolutely yeah yeah and uh, it's you know these are these are things that i can speak about and I want to be careful always to never, to never be glib, mm-hmm. or I don't know what to say, how to say this. Like, I can I can be like, well, this is what I think, um, but you know what? I've <laughs> I've not. I have two daughters. You know, I, they there's so, I, I didn't realize this. There's so much about the way that they experience the world that I don't have to manage or deal with. Yeah. Right. So I don't know how it feels sometimes. Uh, to, to be a woman, you know, working in, in a place and feeling like that every promotion goes to the men around you. Do you, do you understand? Regardless yeah, yeah. of ability. So I don't have that context, you know. So I can talk about this stuff and I can, and, and even when I say, like, sometimes we make this a bigger deal maybe than it is. Well, you know, I know that there are people out there who, who mm-hmm. the emotion that this brings up is a big deal because they experience it all the time. And I don't want to minimize that at all it, that's super super important to me yeah. and i want to also acknowledge that i don't have the same context or experience that other people have and i always want to try to be empathetic compassionate you know and and also humble not mm-hmm. arrogant I, if i if i ever get to the point where i'm like well i, I know what's right and ever, all you folks just need to fall in line behind me right that's such a super dangerous place for me to be yeah. so uh particularly when it comes to scripture i'm always doing the best i can right but but I'm a flawed human, and I'm and and even though even things that I might feel really convinced about or really passionately believe, I could get it wrong because I'm dumb, right? I do dumb things, and I so I always want to hold hold things, you know, loosely in that regard. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, but but anyway, I want to make sure I say that too. That's important. Um, we can, you can answer, and I've heard people answer some of these questions in a really glib way that's super harmful mm-hmm. super hurtful and i don't ever want to be that kind of person yeah. no matter what so all right man guys thanks for helping me do this you you guys your input was amazing i thank you so much appreciate you so much uh your wisdom and your godliness and uh and i hope that as you listen to this you got something out of it uh it, this was a little longer maybe than I intended. We might have to break this up into two ses- sessions. <laughs> but uh, but I think uh, I really appreciate the hard work that you guys did and just your honesty and vulnerability in answering all these questions. Thank you for listening and joining us on the podcast. Uh, uh, and uh, we, we just love all of you guys and appreciate yeah, you very much. So, much. so all right. Well, uh, y'all have a great day. We'll see you around town. Bye. 
Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.